So as I mentioned last night, I'd like to speak in the mornings here from the Brahmavi Mohan Lila of Srimad Bhagavat. And this is a very significant Lila in many respects. As I mentioned also last night, Srila Prabhupada left the world in the midst of this Lila at the end of chapter 13. This Lila covers three chapters, 12, 13, and 14. The killing of Agasura, the stealing of the calves and cowherds by Brahma and Brahma's prayers. So Prabhupada left at the end of chapter 13, where his pen rested after so many years of writing his commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is a very uh, significant Leela otherwise as well because the tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam is explained in the context of Krishna Leela in this section more than anywhere else. What is that tattva? There are two principal aspects of the tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam and Vedanti Tattva Vidas Tattvam Yad Jnana Madhvayam Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdite. These are one pada and one sloka of Srimad Bhagavatam that uh, you are probably familiar with. The second one, the sloka I quoted, Vedanti Tattva Vidas Tattvam Yad Jnana Madhvayam. It uh, tells us that Srimad Bhagavatam sings that the nature of reality is Advaigyan Tattva and variously expressed or experienced relative to one's approach as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. So this is one thing, and this is discussed at some length in Tattva Sandharva, in Bhagavat Sandharva, Paramatma Sandharva this aspect of Sambandagyan, explaining the tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam. And then Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, this one line, is explained at length in Krishna Sandarva. There's all the works, of course, of Shiji Goswami. And with regard to Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, the idea that Krishna is, in Prabhupada's language, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, sure you've read that before. <laughs> From a literary point of view, one might think it's a bit repetitious, but he had a point to make in uh, continually addressing Sri Krishna Bhagavan as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, this is his way, in a sense, of saying this mantra, in effect, over and over and over again. And while this, as I mentioned, is explained by Jiva Goswami in Krishna Sandarbha, he explains it again in his final work as, <coughs> as well. The final work of Jiva Goswami is a poetic work entitled Gopal Champu. So what he said in Krishna Sandarbha, which is about this line, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, in so many ways, he discussed this reality 
of Bhagavatam. Bhagavat, of course, is the is the principal praman evidence of uh, of the Gaudias. And so, from Bhagavatam, he showed in every verse that seemed to say something different, what was the proper way of understanding and why it was said in that way. In every verse that supports directly this, and every argument that more arguments than anyone could possibly think of themselves to make a rebuttal to this point, he puts forward. It is like digging a hole, his writing, and uh, burying the opponent and, and building a temple on top of it. Very clearly, he uh, trumpets this the significance of this one line, which he has called the Paribhashloka of Srimad Bhagavatam. Paribhashloka means is the key to understanding the whole of the book, how to unlock the treasure. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. So that whole an extensive philosophical treatise, Krishna Sandarbha. He wrote it again in poetry, in Gopal Champa, this is his final masterpiece. So he's the, sometimes we refer to him as the Tatpacharja of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Sijiva Goswami, and naturally, as it was important to him at the time of the very founding, so to speak, of Gaudiya Sampradaya to establish this significant point, so it was important to Srila Prabhupada to establish this important point of tattva as he brought anew this sampradaya to parts yet unknown, unknown to him <laughs> in many respects, in places where this where Krishna was largely unknown. So here we find in these three chapters, Brahmabhimohan Lila, the Bhagwat's Leela, evidence and explanation, support of this idea that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. A very important point, as I'm mentioning. It's very important to understand this point as a foundational point of the Sambandha in order for us to proceed in our practice in such a way that we may uh, attain the desired fruit. Sambandhagyan means, in a sense, a, a conceptual orientation. So whatever our conceptual orientation is, then we are going to act accordingly, and a corresponding fruit will be attained from that. So this is a cornerstone, then, of the Gaudiya conceptual orientation to the nature of reality, that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's a point that Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami takes up in all earnestness in his effort to establish that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. Chaitanya Charitamrita's Vastu Nidesh Shloka, a shloka that gives the essential tattva of Chaitanya Charitamrita, comes in his Mangal Char and he says, Yadadvetam. What he essentially seeks to say in terms of tattva in Chaitanya Charitamrita is all found in this verse. And what is it? That Krishna, he's saying, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and, in effect, therefore, 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now you may wonder how that logic follows. How by establishing that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, does it follow that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna? This is uh, an interesting point. In the second chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita's Adi Lila, he explains this Vastunidya Shloka. What does it mean, basically, to break it down? He says that with regard to Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, that what is known as Brahman, Yadadvetam, Yadadvetam, in Upanishads, there is considerable emphasis on the non-duality of uh, ultimate reality. And appropriately so, we say the same thing, Advaigyantattva. Reality is, is not the duality that we perceive through the imperfect medium of our senses. You know, we gather information through our senses and it's related to the mind and the mind makes a decision. Sankalpa vikalpa. I like this. I don't like that. This is good. This is bad. This is happy. This is sad. And each of us have a different set of senses and our mind is reacting differently. So what may be good for you may be bad for me. What may be happy for you may be sad for me. What may be hot for you may be cold for me. So is it hot? Is it cold? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it happy? Is it sad? These are all the determinations arrived at in a very small world of the mind. And we are called by the sadhus, by scripture, to come out of the small world of our minds to view the big picture. We like, in one sense, to remain in the small world of our mind because we are allowed to think, and it's only a thought, that we are big. In the small world of our mind, we can appear big. It's only a thought. It's not reality. (laughs) If we come out, then we will find we are very small. But the one who is actually big will come into full view. And he's big in the most complete sense, in terms of his being affectionate. This is Krishna. Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan because he's big in this regard. (laughs) Affectionate, soft-hearted, kind, charming. So when he comes into view, then although we perceive ourselves accurately to be small, it's comforting. To be small is comforting if you have a big friend. I remember when I was a young young boy, I have a brother my age, and and uh, we moved to a what was then a village in in Illinois from the East Coast, from New York. We were just uh, pre-puberty, and when we moved, and uh, there was a lake, a pond it used to freeze over, and we would go ice skating there in the winter time. And there were a few other boys in the village that were older than us, and they used to pick on us. We would like to go and skate, but they would always pick on us, so it was difficult. One day, my father came with us. So we were the same two, and nothing had changed in terms of our stature. But when we were viewed by those other boys in terms of our sambandha, our, our relationship with the greater power, then we could skate around them with our nose in the air and our hands behind our back and, and so forth. So we'll be able to ascertain the, the value, the power, the potential of a thing when we view it in terms of what its 
connected with, what it's in relation with, what is its uh, backing. So, Kaviraj Goswami says that Yadadvetam, that which is described as non-dual in the Upanishads, that people aspire to come in connection with through arduous practices of uh, austerity and uh, meditation and so forth. That is Tanubha. That is the the the, the glow of his uh, his body. This is a poetic way of, of course, describing that Brahman. And he says then uh, that which is the oversoul of the world, the Paramatma. That is just his partial manifestation. Atmantaryami purusha itisho So, vibhava. That is his vibhav. And he himself is full of all opulence. This is Parashra's definition of Bhagavan. So he is Bhagavan. I have my obeisance. This is my pranam to that Sri Chaitanya. In explaining this verse, the way he begins in second chapter of Adi Lila is to explain that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. It's citing from this chapter extensively the prayers of Brahma where the whole Siddhanta of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is given. So again, how does he arrive at the conclusion that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the same Krishna? This is actually how he does it. By establishing in no, uh, uh, no uncertain terms that through logic and scriptural reference that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then he can say that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, and we have to listen, because no one has established this yet, not uh, in any conclusive way. They accept Shankar liked Krishna also, and aspired to live on the banks of the Jamuna, remembering his pastimes. Ramanuja, who differed with Shankar, certainly had much appreciation for Krishna, coming in in the wake of the Aluars, some of whom were, for whom Krishna was their Ishta Devata, Madhva, he worshipped the deity of Krishna from Dwarka. That deity was established in Udupi, worshipped to this day. They all worshippers of Krishna. Balab Sampradaya, of course, Balab was a contemporary of Mahaprabhu. And the mystical, elusive Nimbarka, he also had uh, much appreciation for Krishna. But the, the idea that Krishna is the source even of Narayana, that Krishna, by rasavichar, analysis from the point of view of uh, emotion, aesthetic rapture, is the supreme, the end all, the, the final statement of the Godhead. No one has brought this out. That means what? It means no one knows Krishna, like the Gaudiya Vaishnavas know Krishna. No one flatters him more. This is a big flattery. You are the supreme personality of God. So flattery will get you everywhere. To love him is to know him. So by saying such, speaking so generously about him, when there was such conviction and enthusiasm, with a heart that causes the scripture that otherwise would not be understood as such, to speak so loudly and so clearly to them, as to the position of Krishna. <coughs> and with such enthusiasm to seek and effectively establish this precept. Such people, like Shripad Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, all our Goswamis, as they have done, 
once you've studied their argument in this connection, then you have to say, no one knows Krishna like you. So if then they turn and say, and this is Krishna, we have to accept. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. Then no one knows Krishna better, and you're saying this about him? Of course, they also give some logical support for that and scriptural support. But much of that, other than a few verses in Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna Varnam Tusha Krishnam Sangopangasta Prashadam Yagnaya Sankirtana Praya Yajantihi Sumedasa Jayam Sada Puribhavno Dishtadoham Tirtaspadam Shivranin Chinutam Sharanyam Vrityatiham Pranatapala Plavabdipotam Vande Mahapurushate Charanada Vindam Chakta Sudhusta Jisurepsita Raja Lakshmim Dharamishta Arja Vachasaya Dagadaranyam Mayamrigam daita ipsitaman badhavad vande mahapurushate charanadavindam. In this poetic way, Mahaprabhu has been mentioned. Of course, still no one could see it. Only Sanatana Goswami could understand that. In the history of religion, history of, and it's a long history, of the explanation of Srimad Bhagavatam predates Nugoswami's explanations. There are a number of commentaries on Bhagavatam, ancient commentaries. <coughs> No one could read these poems like this. They didn't speak to them in this way. Other than Sanatana Goswami, he is the original commentator on Bhagavatam for Gaudiya Sampradaya. No one knew amongst the Goswamis Srimad Bhagavatam better than Sanatana Prabhu. He used to keep himself in a, in a group of pundits to discuss Srimad Bhagavatam. So he gave the explanation how these verses are pointing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, a few strong verses there. His argument is very strong there. There are many other verses that have been drawn, but if you look at them and you look at the context, you'll wonder how they get that meaning from that. You'll think, oh, they are fudging it here. They are just stretching it. But there's a stage, you should understand, and a desirable one to attain, in which, from understanding text the revealed scriptures literally to, I want to say, psychologically or connotatively drawing, that means to say the, the, the tattva from the story, from the, from the Leela, for example, that we may then apply ourselves in relation to that tattva and realize it, and upon doing so, in the realized stage, or as much as we are touching that coming close to that, then we can go from a literal explanation to a connotative explanation to an interpretive. Sahridayam, who has sahridayam, who has a qualification for, for tasting. means if you don't have a sympathetic heart, if you don't have sangskar for the, the opera, then you'll be bored there. You will not get much out of that, or classical music. So this is, the, of course, the poet's language. Who has sahridayam, he can... T- he or she can taste rasa. And Jiva Rupa Goswami is taken from that kavya, <coughs> the whole art of drama and, and poetry, using it as a structure to explain the nature of Brahman, Saha. <coughs> so it comes, and we are all seeking this. Through good company it will come. Saradayam, have a sympathetic heart for all these things. Some sanskar for bhakti will develop in us by, by good company, by good association to come and discuss about Krishna. This is our main, should be our main activity. Over time, like this, then one can 
interpret the scripture, feel something from that. This is the real meaning of the scripture. This is, this is what we want from that. You may explain it and someone may look and say, this seems to be out of context, how you're getting that meaning. You can make an argument like that against Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but you can't argue with the ecstasy of Mahaprabhu. You can't argue with the explanation, with the attempt of the Goswamis to make an explanation of the ecstasy of Mahaprabhu. That warrants some discussion what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, that we want. Of course, we may think, I don't know if I want that. One fellow once told Sridhar Maharaj, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was only crying and wailing and falling on the ground. And this is your goal. It does not seem desirable to me. Chaitanya Charitamrita says, though, Bhaya Bitara, Bhaya Jola Vishahoi Bitara Anandamoy, Krishna Preme Radbhuta Charita, Bhaya Bishad Jola Hoi Bitara Anandamoy. On the outside, Krishna Prem, the charit, the character of Krishna Prem is that on the outside it looks very unbecoming. It looks like poison, undesirable. Inside, oh, it is very happy, very joyful. You know that Prabhupada once asked uh, uh, Simati Jadurani to paint a picture of him. Or she requested, I believe, if she could paint his, a picture of him. So he gave her a photograph. He said, you can paint this picture. And then he went away, traveling, and he came back. And he asked her, did you make that painting? She said, I didn't do that, because I looked at the picture, and you looked very sad there. And Prabhupada said, sad? That was a moment of ecstasy. So on the outside, perhaps some gravity is the sober subject. We should be very sober about being happy. This is the idea of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Sridhar Maharaj once told that Guru Maharaj, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada, would sometimes, in his enthusiasm for Mahaprabhu's mission, that people would get nothing less than what Mahaprabhu came to give, would sometimes pound his fist on the podium as he was speaking, and his face would blush and turn red, he said. And seeing this, some of the my godbrother Sridhar said, they told me, Guru Maharaj is getting a little angry. Not good. But anyway, we pay our pranam, but he's getting a little angry. And Sridhar said, at the time I said, oh, now I, when I saw that, I knew the meaning of lotus face. It's coming a little pinkish. <laughs> and the outside looking very charming. The face looking charming, but his, his outside is very ferocious at the same time. That Inside of that, he said, oh, that is very charming. He only wants to see that people will not be cheated. They'll get the highest thing, the best thing, what Mahaprabhu came to give. Nothing short of that. Sarup Dhamra Goswami sing like this. Mahabhu came to give Unatojarasam Savakti Sriyam. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsadaka wanted to see everybody get some exposure to that. Exposure to that means we'll serve the full meal. Invite everyone to sit down. And then, according to your capacity, the extent of your hunger, your capacity to digest, 
then you will eat from that and find yourself somewhere in, in Brajalila. We serve the whole meal. We give what is the highest idea of Mahaprabhu came to give the furthest reach. And those who are attracted to that then sit down to take of that meal and find their place appropriately. Krishna Premnatisada Saddukabunai Shravanadi Sutta Chitte Kore Yudha. It's not an invented thing. Saddukabunai, Saddukabunai. It's not in the realm of cause and effect. Krishna Prem, Nityasiddha, is eternally existing. And it by Shravanadi means Navalakshan Bhakti. Shravan and every etc. <coughs> Shravan, Kirtan, Smaranam, and principally these three, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam, what happens? Sudha Chite. Consciousness becomes Sudha. Chetta Dharpanam Arjanam. Then Kare Udai. Like this, very naturally, you clear away the clouds and the sun comes. It awakens some affinity, some liking, some taste for Krishna in a particular way. So according to our capacity, we serve the full, and it doesn't matter. Therefore, Taku Bhakti Vinod envisioned, let all the Sampradayas come under Mahaprabhu. He's Swayam Bhagavan. So whatever is your level of interest, capacity to, to taste, will be fulfilled there. Mahamantra is, we say, like a universal mantra. You can take from that as you like. If you want, you know, Prabhupada wrote in his Chaitanya Charitamrita commentary about his disciples arguing about the significance of Ram and in uh, Hare Krishna Mahamantra. One said it was Ram Chandra, I think, and one said it was Balaram. He said different things at different times, but there he wrote, this is not good argument. Let them chant, and according to their experience, then that the mantra responds with they can see in different ways it's possible it can be Ram can be Balaram and Radharaman we are chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra Radharani is chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra what will her she get from that Hari is Hari Hari is Hara so main thing is and as I mentioned last night probably used to emphasize chant Hare Krishna <laughs> chant that mantra then it will speak to you. So anyway, it is universal mantra. Mahaprabhu is Swayam Bhagavan. So even if you come, if you have an aspiration for Bhikuntha, Mark, you can get that from Mahaprabhu's mission more readily than those sampradayas that are especially tailored for that even. So we speak about the highest thing, but then we have to look and see what's coming from that. You know, we also say, Guru Mukha Padma Vakya Chite Te Kori Aikya. Sadhu Shastra Guru Vakya Chite Te Kori Aikya. Sadhu Shastra Guru Vakya. You've heard that before. Sadhu, Shastra, and Guru. These are the three. Everything has to agree. If you make a point, you have to show the Sadhu confirms that, the Shastra confirms that, the Guru confirms that. But Sadhu Shastra Guru Vakya Chitete Koriyaikya. What about that? Also, this part we tend to dismiss. This is, and it's important to say this. Listen to Guru, Shadu, and Shastra. But there's another point. Your heart. Chitete <laughs> Koriyaikya. So, 
Sadhu Shastra Guru Vakya Chite Te How your heart responds to that, that will be all important. Sometimes in the beginning we say, oh, don't listen to your heart or your mind, just Guru Sadhu Shastra. And that's good preaching, but it's our heart that's responded to come to that argument in the first place. If the heart doesn't respond to that, then who cares with Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, and, and your Pramans, and so forth. So already that, that's functioning. Heart has responded to that in the particular way to accept that logic, that I should hear from Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, and they should conform. And if they are in conformance, they are all in support of that, these three, then I accept it. Our heart accepts that argument. Then when in the, within the context of following that argument, and hearing from sadhu, shastra, and guru, we are to see, search our heart. We may hear from many sadhus, and one becomes our guru. We feel, oh, in a prominent way, it has been presented here. I have to put my head here. It is mentioned uh, that uh, one must accept a guru. One must accept a guru. Tasmad guru prapadjeta jignasu shaya uttamam. If one wants the shaya uttamam, the highest, uh, the best thing in life. One must accept a guru. So, from the very statement, it's apparent that it's, that's not for everybody. Everybody doesn't want the highest thing in life. Who wants the highest thing? He must accept a guru. But must means what? It's not a law. It means I must. I know it. I feel it. I've heard here and I must. Here I can get my hope in life will be fulfilled, my aspiration. I sense it, I have confidence. I must do it, out of love. So, don't suppress the heart. Gaudiya Vaishnava is all about the heart. Of course, we have to purify the heart, that's a fact. But it should be, in the practicing, some purification should be coming. So we can't just try to control everybody and say, don't listen to your heart, listen to Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. In fact, Guru's business is to, is to feel the heart of the disciple and see, all oh, his heart is coming in this way. Responding, heart is responding in this way. Oh, so I now I will follow that. Guru is also servant. He's following the heart of the disciple, and Guru is the heart of the disciple. Also, the highest prospect of the of the soul comes before the soul in the form of the Guru. I have a disciple who once, uh, as a young young lady, joined me and. After she joined, a friend from outside wrote to her and said, well, I'm glad that you're there and all, but the only question I have to ask you is, when you look in the mirror, do you smile? So what he meant by that was, you're there, but are you really happy? Maybe you've been brainwashed or intimidated or by <coughs> some psychological manipulation led to believe that you, you should be in this group, but when you look in the mirror, are you really happy? So she wrote back to him and she said, actually when I look in the mirror I don't see much to smile about. I used to think I did, but since I've been here I, I, I learned so many things and I don't see that much to smile about. But when I look at my guru then I smile. She told me that and I liked it very much. It means that she saw in her guru what she could be, what was the pro- her prospect. And the part of seeing that requires seeing where we are now. In one sense, we look at our conditioning, we think not much to smile at. You see, a, a great soul will have this effect on us. When we would sit at the feet of Prabhupada, we would have these contradictory feelings. I'm nothing. I can do everything. 
I'm nobody. I'm a fool. I could take over the world. We feel our conditioning, and we feel our potential, our prospect, in connection with such a person. The guru is meant then to, as much as he's our prospect, our ideal, our ideal in the fullest sense, you see. Our, our ideal is love of Krishna. Not Krishna, but love of Krishna. So therefore, yasya prasadat, bhagavat prasadu, yasya prasadanagati kutopi. Pleasing the guru, we sing, means pleasing Krishna. It means love of Krishna and Krishna are same. There's no meaning to Krishna without love of Krishna. Krishna is that aspect of reality, the very heart of reality, that responds to the kind of love that the Brajbasis have. So where is Krishna? He's in the hearts of those devotees. The, the reality is, is simply reciprocating to that, uh, their, their sentiment, their love. He's appearing in that way captured, conquered. So our ideal is to follow such persons. What they embody, that particular potency, we say, sakshadhuritvena, samastha shastra, kintu praborya priyevatasya. According to all, the, the guru is uh, as good as God, sakshadhuri, he's directly hari, and all the scriptures proclaim it. However, Kintu, but, Kintu Prabhavya Priyavatasya. He's very dear to Krishna. He's Krishna and he's dear to Krishna. First part, in the beginning, the first part will be our focus. Guru is Krishna, directly come to me. If we fully apply ourselves in that regard, then Kintu Prabhavya Priyavatasya. We'll see the second part of what is dear to Krishna. In a particular way, he's, he's endeared himself to Krishna. And I want to follow him that way. It's the same thing we're talking about. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. What does Krishna say in, in Bhagavad Gita? Aham savasya prabhavo matasavam pravartate. Timatva bhajantemam buddhabhavasamam vita. I'm everything, he says. Everything comes from me. It means I'm Swayam Bhagavan. Aham savasya prabhava matasavam pravartate. Everything comes from me. The means to know me comes from me. Everything, all the world's coming from me. I'm the source of everything. He's saying, I'm Swami Bhagavan. And he's saying, Aham sarvasya prabhavo matasavam pavartate iti matva bhajantemam buddha bhava samanvita raga samanvita. He says, those who know this, who understand that I'm the Supreme, this tattva, they will have then the inspiration to worship me, who knows I'm everything, will have the, the tendency to, who understands it, to worship me with everything, completely, give everything of themselves. Buddha Bhava Samanvita, in relation to Guru, to understand how oh, they're representing Krishna, this is Tattva, then we can put that in place, act accordingly, then we can experience some Bhava. So it's important to understand the Tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Our Goswamis, our Acharyas, our Srila Prabhupada have labored at great lengths to make this point almost to the point of redundancy, we're thinking. Huh. I've heard that before, but but we have to we have to 
really understand that, then we'll get the corresponding enthusiasm to act in such a way as to realize that, such that we know Krishna as, as our friend, lover, that we can forget, we have to learn that he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead in order to forget that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is the idea of our kind of funny religion. Guru will is to read our heart. As he or she sees the, our development of heart, then he will speak to us accordingly. If he sees our heart is not becoming clean, even after so much chanting, then he will just say to us, don't chant offensively. Pay attention. You may say, why? Tell me more. Information can be as valuable as it, as it can be dangerous also. It's very easy to think that by intellectual sleight of hand I've gone somewhere by gathering some information. I once talked with Puri Goswami Maharaj and we were talking about Raghmarg and he had a chuckle and he said, one thing is sure, without chanting Krishna Nam purely, no one can get love of Krishna. Then he chuckled again. I thought it was, it was such a simple statement, it's not something you haven't heard before, but it was very profound to me. To, this is sure. So we emphasize to pay attention on this, to chant attentively. Real knowing can come from this. It's all right to collect information. We should understand the theory, but it's only as much as we use that not to beat other people up and increase our pride, thinking we are a big bhakta. No, ye bhajisebara. Who does bhajan, he's great. Who does seva, he's great. Who takes information and applies it in practice, he can become great. Who takes information and keeps it in the head and just repeats it to others, he or she cheats themselves. We should know the meaning of the song as we sing, but then we have to bring our heart in touch with that. What is it saying? And why don't I feel like that? I'm saying that, I'm thinking what is the meaning, but I don't feel like that. Then we know. It's very clear. It's not hard to figure out what to do, how to make advancement. It's a very, very simple thing. You have to exercise your atrophied heart. Prabhupada was once asked, what about yoga? He said, yoga? We just cry. My dear Krishna, please help me. That's all. That's yoga. But if Gurudev sees something is coming in our heart, it's cleansed, and it's something coming out, then he will cater to that appropriately. While giving the whole of the tattva and what Mahaprabhu came to give, all the teaching, the full meal, and seeing oh, that, that indigestion is going, some appetite is coming, some hunger is coming for that, in a particular way, spite, then he will adjust. And, and uh, it's like if you come into a clothes store and the salesman says, oh, come over here. All the clothes lying on the rack, but he sees something in you. I know. Here, put this on. Now look in the mirror. Is that you? <laughs> You're yes, yeah, that's me, yeah. That's me. Yes, yes. And put this on also. Now we put this on. So he's giving some suggestion at that point. All the swarups, they are lying in Golok, dormant. Priti Sandarbajiva Goswami explained. They are lying dormant, activated by bhakti. All lying dormant. So your placement is there. You know, there's that whole controversy. Where Did you come from there or did you, you know? Your placement is there. Everybody feels that you're there. 
your potential is there. Krishna has some purpose in mind from you that he wants to extract. Krishna wants to express himself. Lila means the devotees make themselves as sharanagatas, available at his disposal to express himself. They become one with him by having no other desire, just das, to serve him. That means no desire of your own. Then how he wants to take service from you, he will manifest that. That means Ananda, my Brahman, is expressing himself in so many ways. That is Leela. See, that is as much one bed as abhed. Bed abhed. The oneness expresses itself in variety. After all, that's what harmony is about. The more notes, the more it's, uh, that one tune is, uh, is, is, a, is a harmony. No desire. That it means, what is your swarup? Mahaprabhu is given to Sanatana. Jivaya swarup hai, Krishna nityadas, you have to digest this. You know, all, all some uh, development of das. Das means, it's not hard to figure out how to be a servant. We all want one. We all look at everybody else as if they, they should be ours to one extent or another. Bring me this. Can you get me that? It's not hard to figure out how to be a servant. We just it's hard to put ourselves in that position. That's all. So all love of Krishna is based on that. All expression of, of servitude. It takes shapes in which it doesn't look like servitude even. Mother so it is beating on Krishna. So that is a very developed idea of service. If the basis of love is service, then it may express itself in so many ways. All those sarups lying there dormant, and they'll be activated under good guidance by the culture of bhakti. And as, it, as some development is coming, the guru is making some adjustment. He says, you put on this, does that put this tie on, put that hat on, if I look in the mirror, is that you? Yes. And you're convinced? Yes. He says, I like this. Then he says, you must pay for that now. <laughs> Give me the check. Cash only. Cash basis. Still we have to then qualify ourselves in so many ways. So, this is some part of that, that process, to come together and discuss these things and to discuss this uh, tattva of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that Krishna is too Bhagavan Sayam, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then, when you really understand that point, then you can really understand what they say when they mean it, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. Then you can take advantage of the teaching and apply yourself as Prabhupada so much uh, wanted us to do. He ended here in this. He, you know, he used to say, he sang, when he began his mission, in the dawn of his mission, what did he say? Krishna punya hobe tomo bhai, e punya kodive jabe radharani kushi hobe, dhruva bole ate toma tai. He said, tumi tomar sati, tomar milani bhai abar she shukopai, Gocharani ghori dhin bhor. Korta vane chutta chute, vane kai luto puti. Se dhin, kobe hobe mor. Se dhin, kobe hobe mor. This is that day, at the end of the twelfth chapter. He fulfilled his aspiration. When would that day come? Tumare milani bhai, when I meet my friend again. He bargained with him. This is just at the dawn of his mission. Krishna, tobo punya, he said, Krishna, Tabo, Punya, Hove, Bhai. 
Oh, my dear friend, Krishna, Prabhupada is very wise. You know, some, sometimes Krishna gets counsel from his friends, moral instructions and good advice. Prabhupada, like that, gave good advice to Krishna. He said, Oh, my dear friend, one thing is sure. Dhruvati, Boletomatai. I tell you, without any uncertainty, Dhruva means fixed. Without any uncertainty, like the pole star, it's fixed, everything orbiting around. I tell you, sure thing, I give you this advice. You will become pious. Your life will become auspicious and pious if Radharani is pleased with you. This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There's the whole of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in one verse. This is a poem Prabhupada wrote. Krishna, hear that poem. What do you say? What do you want from me? You know that? What do you want from me? This is what I want. Saraswati Thakur, your dear most, attendant of Radha as he is, has come as my Gurudev and he's asked me to do something. He asked me to go to the Western world and preach this Krishna consciousness. So I want you to give me the power to do that. And then he who is Radha's handmaiden will be pleased and that will be good for you. Then your life will become auspicious. What do you think? What do you think? I think Krishna gave him the power to take it. Take the power. Take the Shakti. <laughs> and he did. And he prayed in that prayer. And if I do that, then maybe I'll get a chance to meet you again. Meet up with you. And I aspire for that. Kotavane chuta chuti. But we'll go from barn to barn. Dwarasavan. Roaming the forests. We'll go and laughing. Bane kailuto puti. And rolling. Frolicking and rolling on the ground. Say din kobe Say din When I can have that opportunity. This is our theme in one sense. Preaching the tattva. He preached over and over again. Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Widely. This is the fruit of that kind of preaching. To get some, some sentiment will come. Some feeling. We can live in that feeling. So... So anyway, I wanted to introduce this topic of Brahma Mimohan Lila, and tomorrow we can start going through the the text. Any question? Yes. Amaraj, I would like if you explain more detail about this uh, point about follow your heart. Because, for example, I went in Italy in October last fall, and then I don't know, it's very popular, this uh, idea, follow your heart. And then I have a conversation with many of these devotees, but their behavior is just barely maintain their social integrity or speak about the spirituality. But still they are promoting this idea of follow your heart, that everything will be fine, and they are disciples of Brahmin and the Gurus, uh, Iskun and outside Iskun too, but most of them they barely maintain integrity in social life and speak about this life. So, is there any healthy way to follow uh, your heart and maybe one no healthy way to do the same? Yeah, I think I addressed that to some extent, that it is important in the beginning we say that oh, don't follow your heart, but you follow Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra because your heart may be full of so many other desires and so forth. But my only emphasis was that sometimes that can be emphasized in such a way that it's 
that's abused, it's counterproductive. It's possible. But the converse of that is also possible. Just follow your heart. That can be abused. So, you know, there's another word for devotee, satam, truthful. People have to be truthful with themselves. People have to have personal integrity. And to the extent that they don't and are saying such things in instances instances in which you're speaking, then, then their guru should instruct them. And they should take good advice from their guru. So it, it can be abused. Vaishnavism means we should serve. It means under a Vaishnav. We should have a healthy fear that someone of consequence knows what I'm doing, of spiritual consequence, of spiritual standing, knows what I'm doing and has given some blessing to that. This should be our only anxiety. So, yeah, such persons, if they abuse the principle, their guru is obliged then to instruct them. But sometimes disciples don't follow the guru. What good can be done? It's inevitable, I think, that with the spreading of anything, Gaudiya Vaishnavism included, that there will be misrepresentation. Then you know it's spreading because it's being imitated and misrepresented. So it must be there. The real thing must be there. Because it's being distorted and misrepresented. So, in that way, you, you have to follow the instructions of uh, Rupa Goswami. Certain people you can associate with closely because their example is not helpful. You can respect them from a distance, but if they're acting in ways that are unbecoming, then their behavior and example association will not be good for us. Another question? Yes. Somebody is eager to progress spiritually. There is many things that are there. Should he emphasize the chanting or more reading? What is the most important for somebody who has time to the only thing about reading is that, um, well, a couple things. Not everybody should read the books. Not everybody should read books. You know, in Ramayana, one sudra was reported to be reading Srimad Bhagavatam. The Brahmins complained to Ram that a sudra is reading Srimad Bhagavatam. So he had to go and, and stop that give some chastisement. It means that, first, not everybody has the intellectual capacity to integrate what they hear, what they, what they read, and understand it and present it. So many, and this is apparent today, go on the Internet, so many people are quoting Prabhupada, they don't know what the context of what they're quoting is or what the book they're quoting from means. It's a problem. I mean, Prabhupada... Prabhupada wanted his books distributed widely, but Prabhupada was also there. It's one thing if you say, okay, everybody read the book. In ISKCON, everybody was encouraged to read Prabhupada's books, right? But if anybody had read the book and misinterpreted it and started to apply it, Prabhupada was there to stop them. No, not like that. Sometimes we say that the Shastra is the passive agent of divinity. The Guru is the active agent. The book can't ask you, so did you understand? But the guru could say, so did you understand? You say, yes. What did you understand? He could go after you actively and make sure that you understand. So in that type of a situation, then we can say everybody should read the books. We should distribute them widely. 
and so forth. But nowadays, they almost want to throw away with that, that very principle and, and emphasize, some people, and emphasize the books. It's all in the books. What are you saying? Everything's not in Prabhupada's books? Does it mean you don't have faith in Prabhupada? And then some people are meek and intimidated by that, uh, if you will, sacred cow of Prabhupada. I mean, abuse. Do you understand? Now the motions start building up, and, and they go, oh, no, I didn't mean that. So I'll just be quiet. But no, I'm not quiet, as you can see. I'm not that type. You can't do away with that principle. Not everybody should read the books. Or if everybody should, they should read it in connection with someone who has capacity to understand that, that book. Capacity to understand requires two things. Both the capacity to take information and integrate it to reach a conclusion, a proper conclusion. You know, there's a whole system to arrive at Siddhanta. You can quote Harani Kashipu. He speaks in the Bhagavatam too. It says this in Bhagavatam, such and such chapter, such and such verse. You go look at it, and what, that was what Ranyakasi Pu said. That, that's not what we were teaching. So you have to understand the context, Sangati, and the whole system for arriving at Siddhanta. The point is made, then Sangshai doubt, Purva Paksha, the argument against it from Scripture. Then the proper conclusion is given, and, and the context is shown. So not everybody can do this. Not everybody has the one, intellectual capacity. Number, number two, other aspect, important aspect of the Brahminical type of person. Not everybody has the personal integrity. The Brahminical person has integrity to look at the thing objectively, find out where he or she might be wrong, to change their opinion when, when evidence warrants. Now that you find people, it doesn't matter how nicely you tell it, it doesn't matter how many verses you quote, what logic to give? It doesn't matter if you were, if, if Prabhupada told you himself, tell him this. It doesn't matter if you were a sannyasi for, for 25 years that Prabhupada gave you some sannyas. Prabhupada loved you, cared about you. You don't care to hear from him. I, in my experience, <laughs> Prabhupada wouldn't appreciate that very much. That's not my experience. That's difficult. You know, the most difficult thing about preaching is the devotees. They make it more difficult to preach than any, any other... Op- There's no greater obstacle than the current uh, state of affairs of the, the international community of Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And the key element that's missing or is putting the thing out of whack is, is this importance for, for guidance. So it's not everybody can read the book and take full advantage. They might get mis- a misunderstanding even from reading the book. And then other people are at a stage where they can actually associate through the book. We say we should associate with advanced devotees. So that will be different for different people, depending how advanced they are. Some people can read the book and draw so many things from that. They can get association from the Siksha Gurus who have given the, the teaching, Shastra Gurus. They have some a sympathetic heart. They can feel it. Vaishnavism is a kind of a feeling. They get the feeling. They can understand it. Oh, yeah. That means this. He said that. Oh, this is why he said that. Where he must have said that. This is when he must have been thinking all these things. Of course, that person can read, but that person should read largely for preaching to explain because that person has some taste. So why he has to read? To relish. But then he'll be reading only certain sections corresponding with his heart. For preaching, he may read comprehensively to to be heavy, laden with knowledge, to clear doubts. 
That person will have to read so many things. He will have to read the newspaper, preacher, as well, to be relevant, preaching to the world. So, it's a long answer to your question, but furthermore, reading, there's a potential problem for the Madhimadikari. Madhimadikari wants to get all the arguments. His faith is firm. So he or she wants to get all the arguments. Whatever the arguments are, yeah, I want to know those arguments. <clears throat> I want to know the context of those arguments, what the background is, and I want to know the answers. I can give the answers. So in the context of, of doing this and strengthening his heart, his komal shut, his tender faith, making it strong, he enters the fire. Like if you put steel in the fire and bring it out, it becomes harder. So he's ready to enter into the fire. Not everybody can just go and hear all the doubts. Once I asked Guindamarsh some questions, and he said, oh, you have very deep guru nishta to be asking those kind of questions. Controversies in Gaudiya, Sampradaya. I said, I have no problem with that. <laughs> you can bring on all the questions, all the doubts. I'm not budging from here. But as deep guru nishta and a preacher, they may go in the fire like this, bring all the arguments on my head. But... In the context of doing that also, there may be danger that he, that he wants to get all the arguments and he, he may develop a tendency to want to know everything and start to feel that you can know Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which is unknown, really, and unknowable. The philosophy is, is not the whole by any means of Krishna consciousness. It's just the expression of it from those who entered into it. Some language is, is limited, so how much can they say about it? So reading too many books, that can become a problem. If one does that properly, though, reading many books, then it's simply, he'll, he'll understand, I just can't be known. I can't stop trying to fit it in my head, and I sit and chant and practice. So it depends on the stage of, of the devotee, but I think that um, it would be good for you to read and chant, and you can increase your chanting and increase your reading. That's my suggestion. If reading helps your chanting by getting more understanding, then read more. When you're chanting and tasting, then you have no desire to read or move. And I don't know what books you are reading, so that's a whole other topic. There might be books you haven't read that would be important. Books that Prabhupada has suggested, for example, in his own books. Any other question? Yes. You're mentioning how when Prabhu was here, if you're reading, if something's off, he could point out that this is you know, off. Or I was saying, wouldn't you have the same kind of uh, protection amongst the, the Vaishnava, the devotees, if they're reading together, or like like in Bhagavatam, whatever? For instance, like if someone says something that's a little bit off, then someone else could, would, would catch that and, and make that point, this is a little bit different, whatever. So, so and amongst the devotees, do we have that protection of actually being able to understand properly? Well... There has to be a bottom line, right? And that, what is the bottom line? That's, everyone has faith in someone, that that person is the bottom line, the final authority. So there may be a group of devotees and someone may have to draw some deviant idea and support it from the books and so forth. And we may argue against it and say it's wrong, but will he accept that? Not necessarily. We may say, no, that's not what it says, that's not but. Everybody doesn't always have that kind of integrity either. So they, people read the books because they get an idea in their head and then they want to support that idea. 
And so they go after it and look for support of that. Rather than finding, let the books talk to you, you want to talk to the books. So that's largely going on in my experience. And people accept Prabhupada as the bottom line sometimes. But I'm sorry, but it just doesn't work if Prabhupada's not here to say that, no, that's not correct. I mean, everybody's got his books, I hope, and everybody reads them. There are isms that are his greatest nightmare, all in his name, out and about, all in his name. They're his greatest nightmare. And because they don't, such persons who manifest those nightmares, they don't have faith. They don't have faith in Prabhupada. Otherwise, they would, they, it's a big topic. I mean, it's, it's a real problem. But they have an imaginary idea of Prabhupada, imaginary idea that's distinct from his precept. I mean, Prabhu, forgive me, but these are like, Prabhupada hammered these things into our heads. You know, they have to have a Vaishnav, a senior Vaishnav, but the guru have to have spiritual authority, sadhusanga. You know, sadhusanga means advanced devotees. Of course, you say, well, where are they? You know, there are no. You know, there are advanced devotees. That's you have to look and see. There's no doubt that there are advanced devotees. Krishna supplies that. He makes that promise in Bhagavad Gita. I make it available. It's up to us to find it to be sincere enough. So. You know, lack of sincerity and personal integrity is, is, is really a huge issue. It's at the heart of all of these different uh, deviant manifestations of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism since Prabhupada's disappearance. Yeah? Actually, I was just thinking with that, we have many different philosophical viewpoints uh, amongst our society of Vaishnavism. So, as you are saying last night, we have to see how they're being inspired by Krishna in different ways, and we have to, I guess, respect, you know, okay, this is what you think, philosophical, whatever. So we have to get along. We're living amongst ourselves. We're not going away. So so we have to acknowledge that there are different ideas philosophically. At the same time, we, we have to live together and, and respect each other. So um, how to do that? We do the best you can, but one point that has to be made is that is that there's a standard way of arriving at what the Siddhanta is. And so there, there's room for different details of how to apply oneself. That's, that's the beauty of Krishna consciousness. And in one sense, you know, we want different sects that, as an ornament, a variety of different expressions. But we can, cannot just say, okay, Maharaj said we should all get along and cooperate and appreciate one another and so... Okay, these people have this idea. Some ideas are wrong. They don't represent our sampradaya. They misrepresent it, and that is a problem, and that has to be addressed. Yes? Srila Prabhupada had advised us to associate with like-minded devotees, and there's different types of association. Um, There's like a general type of association where we respect everyone, but then in some types of association, you can really reveal your heart and confidence and not feel fearful that um, people will misunderstand you or judge you or condemn you. So you were talking about having faith. And I was thinking about the importance of having a living authority to develop that faith. And then having that type of association, one can really make progress very, very quickly. But sometimes, just in our general association, we can't deal with everybody the same way, and we can't reveal 
everything to everybody the same way. So I was just hoping to maybe talk about the Vaishnava etiquette of how to deal with different levels and types of... Well, yeah, you know, in our life we'll be lucky to have a couple people we can really share our heart with. <laughs> That's very practical. <laughs> and in that company we'll flourish. There's, there's, there's no doubt, with like-minded sardayam, not sardayam, what is it? Anyway, who are like-minded. In that company, they'll, in the general sense, we're all like-minded, but as you say, in a more particular sense, we're not, either in terms of our mind or in terms of our spiritual sentiment also. There may be differences, and we'll flourish in the company of those who have a similar sentiment. But um, I think, don't, I, what I want to say is, we can't be, unrealistic and expect that we can have that kind of association that we, we relish so much, intimate association with someone who has like mind and they're on the same page as me and we see things the same way and therefore we are, we're enthused in their company. We shouldn't be sentimental or foolish to think that that's going to be possible on a wide scale. It's not. It's not. So the low end association is that we respect other people who are Chanting Hare Krishna, and even though we, we can't, we wouldn't be with them otherwise, we can be in the kirtan with them. Something like that. I don't know, I think you answered your own question by, by talking about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we, we come to, when we hear talk about cooperating and whatnot, and then we, you know, maybe our hearts wells think, yeah, we should do that. And we read the pra- meet the practical reality. That guy ish, drives me nuts, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. It's, so that still we should still pursue the ideal, as relative to the the, the circumstance. You know, if I can't get close with him on something, maybe on something else I can. And, you know, it's a good practice to try to to do service to another person, even though you don't like them. That's a good practice. Just oh, once a week I do something for that fellow, do service, or to uh, just to try to find whatever it is, that one good quality that that person has, and think about that. It's a very good practice. So in terms of living in a community where certain people you can't get along with and so forth, with, for those people you should try those types of things. It will help you very much, very, very much. And it will be good for that person also. I mean, they will be shocked. You show up at his doorstep and bring him a, whatever, a sweet from you know, the offering here or something or a flower, just let me bring this because you're also a devotee. I can't stand you, Hare Krishna. <laughs> 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 you drive me crazy, Hare Krishna. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, these, this, is what, this is what association's about, you know. We should sit together at night in Sadhu Sangha and everybody, t- everybody sit together and, and discuss how they fell short today, how I fell short of my ideal. I got up in the morning and I prayed as I put my foot down. Let every step I take be in the service of Guru and Gauranga. And then at the night I, I make my list where I fell short. We all sit in a circle and then reveal your mind. I did this. I fell short in this way. I fell short in that way. You keep doing that every night. You won't be falling short every, every day if you have to speak about it at night. As bad as it may be, you have to speak about it. Oh, goodness. And you'll, in good company, this way you'll embarrass yourself into Krishna consciousness. So this is why I say devotees, another word for devotees, satam, truthful. You have to have personal integrity. And you have to go and apply all these things, how to be humble, how to show honor to others, 
Mahaprabhu said to everyone, you should show honor, not just to those who are worthy of honor. And if you show honor to others, honor will come to you. You can honor those people who have a deviant understanding on some respects and make it clear to them at the same time, your understanding is wrong, Prabhu, it's wrong. It's like the difference between, you know, the dark moon night and the you know, noontime sun. <laughs> it's wrong. You have to be very clear and, and make the point, but without any, without any malice, with, constructively, they're also involved in this. Yeah, so, anyway, that way you'll, be, you'll become a natural. They'll respect you. It, it, it's, it's unavoidable. If you deal like that, this is what a sadhu is like, then people will respect you and your opinion. And you can't convince them by argument, but by example. These things aren't they're not hard to do, these things. It's fun to do that. To do some service to somebody who, who's always mistreating you. You will feel so relieved of any any enmity towards that person. You feel so self-satisfied. By giving, you will get. Right? So, anyway, I've spoken a long time, so I think we should stop. One more question. Pardon me? One hot question. Hot question. Hot, hot question. Sorry. Okay, try it. Uh, you said, but you're speaking between the body, the main interpretation about uh, what uh, you read in books. But uh, personally, I see also between acharyas uh, now, nowadays. There are many different ideas what does it mean to maintain Gaudiya Vaishnava traditions or Bhakti Siddhanta traditions. Uh, what is right to preach, what is not right to preach, what is right to read, what is not right to read. Different opinion, different uh, um, position about it. So I was wondering if there is this kind of difference differences in Acharyas and as Guru Brahmin. Anyway, Acharyas they preach and they will collect the faith of some people. And they will instruct those people accordingly. And those people should follow that. And they will happily follow that because that is their faith. Another Macharya may instruct differently. And he'll also gather people, and they will have faith in him, and they will follow him. And a third will do some in a third way, in terms of details. They all agree in principle. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, etc., etc., they agree on but they have difference of details. They speak strongly about the details because they feel strongly about the details because those details were taught to them or they worked for them. They understand that I'm to help this person and by putting these details in place, that person will be helped. And sometimes I may have to say it in such a way that it sounds like this is the only way to do it, to emphasize it. If I give an instruction half-heartedly, then people, my disciple may take it, may not take it when it's actually good for them. So sometimes you might have to say, do it like this, only like this. This is the way that the Guru Maharaj taught Bhakti Siddhanta or Bhakti Vinod and so forth. And so the disciples then may take latch onto that in a way that becomes fanatical. And then they may criticize other groups that they're saying it differently or, or doing it differently. And that becomes a problem. And then if that happens, and to the extent that that becomes a problem, then that acharya, whose disciples are creating that problem, it's incumbent upon him to instruct those disciples how to properly behave, how to respect that others are doing in a different way, and so forth. If he doesn't do that, that's a shortcoming on his part. 
and that may be there. I don't know, but I know that many disciples of different groups they they are they tend to be sometimes fanatical and over overzealous, and uh, they identify details with principles, and um, you know to follow Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. To be honest with you, to really follow him, you have to be dynamic and innovative. There's two ways to follow: by the letter of the law and uh, by the uh, you know the, the spirit of the law. Prabhupada followed Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur according to the spirit of the law, not according to the letter of the law. Some people think he should now everybody should follow according to the letter of the law of Bhakti Siddhanta to be paka to be right, but that may betray some lack of appreciation of that the Prabhupada was how he was following the spirit of that and, and creating new details that worked. You can't argue with something that works. Prabhupada's system, in his presence, Prabhupada's system worked to the, to the point of eclipsing everything else that was, uh, even if somebody else had something, if they, they didn't feel the need. <laughs> He's doing it all. So I think that uh, that happens sometimes, that the, the guru emphasizes we do it like this, and then the disciple argues with other people and says, Guru Maharaj we should do it like this. And, See, but we have the advantage. I've, I've gone to, like, I went to one Gaudiya Math once, and the fellow said, it's the wrong color, Maharaj. She said, wrong color, wrong color. And I do that. <laughs> you know, and he heard it from his guru, what the right color is. And he never had the opportunity or the necessity for service to go anywhere else. So it's right for him to say it and think it, and he'll make progress doing that. That's fine. But I just kind of laugh, you know. I <laughs> Wrong color. Huh. <laughs> yes. And I've seen it, you know, I've seen how many shades of this I've seen. We've got three of them on right here, you know. I've got a problem with the dye, but it's to, that's just to give an, a, you know, an, an example of how bad it, it, it can get. So there are details and there are principles. We have the liberty, being from the Western world for, in the first place, and secondly, being connected to the world of information and so forth, that uh, we're going to just see so many different things, so many different ways of doing it in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We're being forced to grow up, in a sense, and understand this is relative and this is absolute. And Gurudev told me this, that this is relative. I should do it because it's relative to me and my necessity, therefore he told me that. But at some point, it may also be left behind or it may be altered or changed. Someday I may be in that seat and I may have to say it in a different way because I see that that's important. When we were young and we were in Prabhupada's movement, you know, we didn't have that perspective. Some of us did who stayed, spent more time in India, for example, like, like our hosts this morning. They had a chance to see things a little differently and so they become a little bit more broad-minded, not only broad-minded, but they're able to enter into the substance of the, of the instruction, the principle, rather than just become attached to the detail. This is Bhārabhahi. To be attached to the detail is a heavy load. It's not a sārgrahi, essential idea of Vaishnav. So, you know, I want to say disciples cause this problem, but you want to say, actually, I think because the, the gurus are actually, they may, they may be, that, that may be the, uh, to some extent. And to that extent that they should be called on that, not by you, but by the... And I've done that. One Acharya's followers were harassing me, in a sense, and I didn't appreciate it very much. So I wrote to him, I told him, whenever I meet any of your disciples, I'm so happy to meet them. I know they are connected to a bona fide guru. So I encourage them in every way. 
I always try to find something nice to say about you. And it's not hard, because you have so many good qualities. So I say something for them to encourage them. But what I find, they meet my disciples, they have nothing good to say about me. I don't have any good qualities, so in one sense I can understand it. But <laughs> it's, it's an unnecessary uh, disturbance. Your disciples want me to follow you. But I have my own orders. I think you can understand this. So you please instruct your disciple. He wrote back to me, Benny, I'm very happy. Yes, my disciples are doing this everywhere. It is a big problem for me. I will instruct them. Please leave you alone. You are not... Uh, he said some nice things. <laughs> so that's, uh, it is a problem, and it's a way to, uh, to, to address it. And if you have the problem with some other group, then you go to your guru and say, can you help me? Then the guru can write to that guru or speak to him. This is a problem in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There's no doubt about that. But there are means to deal with it appropriately. Otherwise, you find that the person who speaks about it in a way that you can relate to, identify with, and go with that. For me, I'm always talking about these things. I always educate my disciples from the very beginning like this, because I've been dealing with this since the day I was uh, left this gone, one way or another. You know, I'm not wanted anywhere. I have no home. <laughs> if they go to my, somebody comes to my place, they say, well, "This is not Iskon." Somebody comes to my place from Godiamat, from Iskon, Iskon versus is a little different than Iskon. They come from Godiamat. This is not Godiamat. It doesn't. <laughs> so that's okay. But uh, no, we should uh, be taught uh, honor the faith of, of of others, respect others. There's different ways to apply oneself in this process. Those should be ornaments of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, not the reasons for fighting. If I go to your temple and they're singing a different song among Lartic, I want to know what is the meaning of that. Why are they singing that? Oh, that's very nice. To be honest with you, that's how Prabhupada made his movement. He knew he went around and he, he picked and chewed. I like that part. I like that part. From My Godbrother over here and this moth is doing this over here. If you could piece together so many things of Prabhupada's and then you'd find, oh, in that month they do it like that. That's where he must have got that idea. Any intelligent person will do that. You're going to start a mission, and you go and what influences have come into your life, you pick and choose from them and uh, form a system in terms of details. You know, we thought, well, the proper just, you know, that's how you do it in Goloka Vrindavan. Kamal <laughs> <laughs> Krishnavarsh once told me, he said, I used to think that the spiritual way of saying yes was like this. <laughs> because Prabhupada goes, yes, move his head back and forth instead of up and down like we do in the West. And he said, till I went to India, and I said, so everybody does, every shopkeeper is doing that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, all right, we'll stop there. Kantarasimad Bhagavad ki jai, Gaur Bhaktavinda ki jai, Gaur Premanan ki jai.